Okay, and done. Oh, finally got my taxes in. Oh, good stuff. Man, I hate looking at all those numbers. Same. Oh, actually, look, can I get your help? I'm trying to write a budget for next year so I can save some money. Oh, for sure. Okay, so I want to save about 400 a week, but I can't get the number over 300, and I'm spending next to nothing as well. Oh, interesting. Well, what are your expenses? Okay, so I've got about 100 on week for food, 50 for for bills, about $150 goes to rent, snow trips average out about $100, car comes to about $80, then I've got about $30 for Friday night drinks and only about $750 on MTG. James, I see the problem here. You're spending way too much on food. Get a hold of yourself. <laughs> I couldn't even wait until you were done. I know, I see you I was, I was trying so hard to let you finish the joke. Oh, uh, oh James has read the script before, just in case that wasn't immediately <laughs> clear. Oh, lordy. Uh, well, welcome to the Get Commanded podcast by the Greensboro Commander community. It's the GCP by the GCC, helping you to have better games of Commander. I am the budget boy, Walt. And hello, Commander players. I am your other host, James. And you introduced yourself with a specific title tonight. I did. And look, I, I'm not going to lie. The Space Commanders gave me a little Heads sneak up. peek. Did they send yeah. it, like, I know we gave them our phone numbers the other week. Yes, is, yeah. they they texted me. It was formatted really weird. Um, my phone bled for some time after I received the text I message. I have also, when I got a call from them, it just came through in this weird kind of crackly message. Right. Then all my lights went off. and then, Oh, yeah. yeah, that's normal. Yeah, I, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh my god, it's an incoming transmission, James! Oh, <laughs> Look at thank that. god, let's let's jump from, to that From message. the deep depths of the galaxy, from, you heard it, the Space Commanders, it's time to get commanded. Use your finances to your advantage. I can see why you introduce yourself as the budget boy. Yes. So the Space Commanders, I imagine, were out in the depths of space being like, okay, we need to tell everyone in the world, in the universe... Why playing budget can be a good thing. Who who should we put the responsibility of this great task onto the head of? And they were like, you know what? There's this place in Melbourne. Uh, it's like this little bedroom. There's these two boys in front of a computer. Maybe one of them will be able to do it. <laughs> I was going to go the opposite way and say that I bribed them. But I like, I like your version a lot better. It works better with the law, I think. Yeah, I reckon it does. Look, we... we... Anyone who knows me well, and probably it's come through over the few episodes, what, six episodes we've done so mm. far already, I am a budget player. I yeah. like to build on a budget. I Not all my decks are budget anymore because, you know, as you play Magic, you accrue more cards. The cards go up in value. That's normally how it goes, right? But, um, yeah, look, in general, I love to build budget decks. And I have had, actually, a few people who listen to this podcast say to me that the one thing they really want us to talk about is how to play on a budget. This is actually a surprisingly heavily requested fan episode, to be honest. It's yeah. like, cause like you play, you have built budgets so frequently that I see when you build non-budget decks that you tend to lean towards the way of building budget, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. Mm. But like you, for if you're in white, everyone goes, right, I run a swords, I run a exile, a path to exile. You, it doesn't even enter your brain to include those cards anymore because you're like, they're like $6. Why would I be? <laughs> it's so funny though because I'll often include, I mean, I'll get to this later, but I'll often include like other cards if I'm not building on a budget mm. that are like 5 or $6. But yeah, I can never find the room for Path and Swords. I think because I know... I, I know these other four cards that I'd rather include that have synergy and, you know. Well, this is the thing when we were talking about, like, responding and, you know, the, the synergy with decks. You know, Path mm. to Exile does not synergize with anything. But if you can 
find a card that works then might be better to play yeah. but obviously it's one of the most objectively right removal spells to run because it's yeah. exile and it's one mana it's instant speed. yeah you can't really beat that right? exactly and, and look we'll, we'll get to that later but look starting off i think the most important thing we need to talk about is what even is budget mm. right because some people will hear the word budget and Think of a number in their head, right? And seven hundred and fifty dollars in MTG sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> That's your budget, as we've established. Um, but you know, it's not the same for everyone. And so, I'd like to start actually with an analogy. Um, it's a bit of a weird one, so stick with me for it. Okay. But so, when I was in year twelve, um, I had my. So this is eighteen years ago now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Imagine. Um, I had my last lesson with my drama teacher. Mm-hmm. who, um, spoiler alert, I went on to study drama at uni. Influential person in your life. Extremely <laughs> important to me. Um, fantastic teacher. Uh, I was going to name drop her, but I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> Just for security reasons. Well, I suppose, yeah, but... don't go and dox Walt's year 12 drama teacher, everybody. <laughs> if she could even be dox, I doubt she's got like a, maybe she's got an email somewhere. <laughs> anyway, it was, it was our last um, class of mm-hmm. the year. And um, it was always really interesting getting to that class and sort of thinking about, oh, I wonder what the teacher's going to have planned, right? Because mm. some, some teachers kind of tried to make it seem like a regular class and then they get towards the end and they'd start kind of ribbing you and be like, oh, yeah. I remember when you did this, remember yeah. when you did this, that kind of thing. And then other teachers would just have like a party, you know. A pizza party was a common one in yes, high school, for sure. For sure Domino's for sure. pizzas that you'd get like one slice of. Yes, <laughs> exactly yeah. right. You know, because it's a big thing. It's, it's you're graduating high school. And my drama teacher bless her, um, decided to take us through this exercise. And she got us to, um, we stood there and we closed our eyes. And she said, okay, I want to imagine um, yourself in 10 years. This is very drama class already. Yes. (laughs) Imagine yourself in in 10 years. Imagine what kind of person you are, what you're doing, where are you in the world? You know, Mm -hmm. like, what are you doing? And then she got us to with our eyes still closed, find a position. And then she said, okay, now open your eyes. Like and a physical position. Yeah, like yeah, a physical yeah, position. Yeah. And and one by one, she came up to each of us and she said, um, okay, I think, you know, like one guy was was crouched down and he sort of had his hand out. And she said, okay, I can see that you're you're talking to someone here and they're smaller than you. You know, is this is this a child? And he was like, yeah, I'd, I'd really love to be a teacher in 10 years. Oh, that's cute. And that was oh, really sweet, yeah. right? Anyway... She went out in the room. I was I can't remember what I was doing to be honest. I, I thought you were going into the direction of I had my wallet out, like <laughs> doing <laughs> like but, no. Like, I'm struggling to see where the budget comes no, in. No, no, it's going. like okay, it's a stretch, but it's there. So stick with me. But um, it's the story's not actually about me. It's about um my friend whose name I also won't share. But um, my t- teacher came up to her and she was sort of in kind of it wasn't exactly clear what she was portraying with yeah. the position that she was in. And my drama teacher kind of pushed her a little bit and was like, okay, where are you? And just kind of got a little bit vague answers like, oh, I'm, I'm overseas or I, oh, I'm doing this. Anyway, and then my drama teacher got us to close our eyes again. Mm-hmm. And she said, okay, now I want you to imagine that it's 20 years from now. And exactly the same thing. Find your position. What are you yeah. doing? You know, that kind of thing. It might have been five and then 10 years. Anyway, the point was, you know, what's changed? And each of us opened our eyes and like things were slightly different. Some of them was a bit similar and my friend was kind of still in the same position and my teacher came up to her and said, okay, what are you doing? Still was getting these vague answers. And my drama teacher said this one thing and she said, if you don't make a decision, you've already decided. Ooh. And she said, if someone invites you to a party 
and you're umming and eyeing about going to that party. You're sitting there and you're going, oh, I'm not sure if I should go. If you do that for long enough... You've made a decision. You've decided not to go to that party. Yeah, wow. And so the, the comparison I want to make here, maybe it's a bit of a stretch, but if, if you don't decide what your budget is... Wizards of the Coast will decide for oh, you. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. I see where you're going now. Right? Okay. Like, I, there's a lot of discourse out there. About I would have gone, like, I would have said EDH Rec decides. <laughs> I would have said Wizards no, decides. No, Wizards decides yeah, how wow. you are going to spend your money, right? Because they, they are, we, we love the game that we play. We love Magic the Gathering. We love the cards. We, I even love, like, Gavin Verhey, who designs cards. Mm-hmm. I like, love Mark Rosewater. But Wizards of the Coast are a company. Mm. And... Companies are based around profit. Wizards of the Coast is re- recently acquired by Hasbro, so mm-hmm. they're, pro- if anything, even more about yeah, profit now. Yeah, they've got that bottom line message. They really do. Hard. They're like they're churning out products like it's no tomorrow. Like we just had Commander Legends, Baldur's Gate Two, whatever the fuck that. <laughs> excuse me, whatever that was. <laughs> um, and we've just got Double Masters just come out as well. Double Masters Two as well. Um, Electric Boogaloo, I yeah, believe. Is the full exactly. Title. So, so what you're saying is like if we're not aware of what our budget is, we can easily get swept up in the the water slide that is magic product. Absolutely. Like, you will just naturally, by virtue of being around other people who play lots of magic mm. and other people who are really engaged in this game, you will just spend lots of money. You know, you see someone crack a whole bunch of packs, you see someone order a booster box, and you're kind of like... a case. A case, yeah. just full of booster boxes. I remember the first time I even heard that that was an option to do. Yeah. I was in the store, and a couple of our community members were like oh do you want to split a case and I, in my brain I was like oh they're going to go get a like a, a slab of a Corona <laughs> and they're going to go the same thing actually and because they kept talking about a case a case a case and yeah. then then Luke uh, uh, one of the people that works at our store comes back with this cardboard like it's not even branded that's no. how like expensive it is <laughs> it's, like, it's the bulk it's of the bulk <laughs> it's the box that the boxes come in <laughs> and they, he puts it down on the table and opens it up and there's like I think it was three people that were in this store and I, yeah. I think Daniel was one of them one of our I wouldn't be shocked. And they all just kind of went, oh, <laughs> God, that's good. <laughs> and it's like, surely the smell is something. So at least one benefit you get out of buying product. <laughs> you get to smell yeah. like the new card. Yeah. yeah. The plastic, the cardboard. Yeah. That's a really interesting analogy. I um, I didn't think about it like, you know, we have to be aware of the budget. Otherwise, there's a bit of a consequence that mm. is the, the nature of this game and the nature of... The, the and also the amount of product that is being yeah put yeah we've had like I haven't even gotten familiar with Baldur's Gate two yet and now Double no. Masters two is dropping yeah and I'm like yep no none of the, I know Imperial and Seal is getting a reprint this I'm like, is normal you? now right yeah. this is kind of the way that things are are done so anyway I don't want to rail against this whole thing too much but the the point is if you don't set your budget it will just keep ballooning out of control yeah. right so you know your budget might be um a precon. And then after that, your budget might be that pre-constructed deck and 50 bucks. Yep. You know, that might be your budget. And for some people at our store, their budget might legitimately be $300. And that's fine. Like, mm. that's totally understandable, especially when you might already own half the cards, yeah. which usually happens when you've been playing for a while. For sure. Um, but I think it's important to decide, is what I'm saying. You should decide what your budget is, especially if you're building a new deck. Set yourself a challenge of being like, okay, look, my decks normally end up around this price. Mm. What if I tried building this deck at least to begin with, hundred bucks? Yeah, you know, what would that look like? 
Um, and then the other thing is like the benefit, because I've now seen, because we've got in our community, on our closed Facebook group for Greensboro Commanding Community, you have a post Thrifty Thursdays that goes every I Thursday, do, yeah. which is about budget cards and all this kind of stuff. And it's become a bit of a cultural thing in our store to actually give budget builds a go. We also did a budget build event, which was around Chris Kringle, which we've mm, spoken about on I this podcast. <laughs> it's, you know, can you tell? Walt's got a bit of a theme. <laughs> um, but like, it's now become a bit of a cultural thing. And I've noticed that a couple of people are now going, I built this deck budget. And I've gone, I'm glad I didn't spend the money on it because I don't actually like how it plays. Yeah. Or I go, oh, I built this on a budget. Now I'm going, right, this is one of my top tier decks. I'm going to spend 300 bucks on it. Yeah. All that kind of and stuff. And we're going to talk about that as well as mm. when to actually decide to spend the money and how you should spend the money. Yeah. Um, but speaking of how you should spend the money, the, the number one tip I'm going to give you for playing on a budget, we've finished the analogy, we're into the tips. You've heard it before. Buy singles. Thank you, Prof. It's the <laughs> Professor Tolarian Community College's favorite thing to say, but it, seriously, if there's one thing you take away from this episode, buy singles. If you have five, even ten cards from Double Masters mm-hmm. that you got your eye set on, you know, you desperately want those five, those ten cards, you will always spend less money buying those cards directly than trying to go through the packs and yes. packs and packs that it is to find it just today in one of the group chats that i'm in yeah. um i think you're probably in it as well the casual commander chat that we, yep. we sort of have for our store um someone was talking about a box that a friend of theirs had cracked that had zero mythic rares in it zero god that's a, a booster box so that's i think double masters I, I can never keep track they keep changing the numbers but i think it's 20 20 booster packs 24 I I think. something like that yeah um and not one mythic rare so that's like imagine yeah imagine if you were cracking that box and you were like i really want an imperial seal you know i want an imperial seal. yeah yeah but you wouldn't have found one in that <laughs> box because and how much rare. that box that box would have been 500 bucks but imperial seal is currently selling for about 200 yeah so if, if you just want an imperial seal yeah yeah you've saved half your money right there yeah. right um Look, I don't, I don't want to be too, you know, anti-wizards, but the packs that you open are designed to be unprofitable, right? This is just how it works. I think that it's, it's less that they're designed to be unprofitable for the player because it's actually, they're designed to be profitable in the excitement of cracking them and all that kind of stuff. That's where Wizards is putting the value. Yeah. But what they're designing it to be is a profit for them. Mm. So that's it's it's almost like the language is the other way around. It's 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 yeah. not not profitable for you. It's just really profitable for wizards. Yes. It's just that's that's the only thing that they care about. If they if they wanted the um if they wanted every player to have a mana vault, they'd have one in every pack. But yeah. then mana vault wouldn't be really profitable and people wouldn't buy packs to chase mana vault. Yes. This is the thing. I think the chase cards are a huge part of how wizards design their packs. Yeah. And that's why, you know, reprint of Imperial Seal is one of those cards that, mm. like, gets people excited to open a shitload of packs. Yeah. But it, it it's about just as valuable to go buy as a single on a third-party website. Yeah, exactly. I think the one thing I would add that, that they also do design packs for, that I think we forget, especially when we're talking about cracking packs to get stuff, is draft right yeah that's a good it's, point. it's yeah. kind of I, I don't think it's the first thing they were designed for like in the very earliest days but mm. the every set basically that comes out these days is designed to be drafted so yeah. um set i boosters really are a little different but yeah. set, set boosters yeah. are a new thing but like in general you know if you're buying a booster pack at a store that pack was kind of designed to be drafted yeah so it's um, got a good level of power in it it's got yeah. a good amount of commons to rare and exactly uncommon ratio and yeah. so i really as well don't want to disparage like if you want to play draft play draft draft is an amazing it's, format and, and for new players as well can i recommend if you're a new player play lots of draft because your collection 
bulks out really quick. Yeah, that that's when it works out pretty well. Mm. It's because what you're doing, you know, you're spending your 30, 20 bucks or whatever on the experience of drafting. Mm. And then you just keep a bunch of cards at the end. Like, yeah. I think draft is awesome for doing that. If you're it's gonna also a great packs. community feel too. Yeah, and especially if you're new to a store, that's yeah. a really good way to get to hang, uh, get to know the locals yep. who are there. Um, it's also a good way to test yourself against kind of different levels. Just by nature of the way the bracket works, you usually end up like round one against someone who's like around your skill level. Yeah. Round two, you'll play Daniel and lose. <laughs> and then round three, you'll be put back in your box and yeah, play someone. Basically, yeah. you'll be playing someone yeah. around your power yeah. level. So it's a good idea, a good way to learn magic as well, um, playing draft. I've definitely seen a few people. I, I Some of the my first players, some of my first times in the store were definitely mm. playing draft. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because we, we came out of lockdown and I basically encouraged us to go and draft as much as we could. Yeah. And yeah, you met, you made a lot of your friends at the store just by sitting down across the yeah. draft table. I can definitely remember the M21 pre-release was when I met like that a was... bunch of the super yeah. well-known community members, probably because we were coming out of a, a COVID yeah. lockdown here in Australia, uh, in Melbourne specifically. Um, and so everyone was just like, I want to play Magic. I want to crack packs. Yeah. You know? I also just remember that, like, I, like you said M21, I'm like, right, that's the one with Teferi in it. Ugin was in that set. Yeah. 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 No, it was a great set. Oh, good old days. And so the other thing I guess about um about when it might be a good idea to buy packs is also if like most of the cards in a pack are gonna be commons, right? Mm. So if you, like me, play pauper and there's a set that has a bunch of great pauper cards in there, hundred percent crack packs from that set, right? I'm shocked that you just said if you love pauper which is an exclusively budget format don't buy singles buy I mean, packs. you should you should still buy the singles and actually i'm, I'm gonna put a heavy uh, asterisk next yeah. to this whole thing most stores have the chaff box right yeah at the oh, back cool, so if boxes. you are after commons especially recently printed commons just go check there they'll be like 10 cents a piece yeah i picked up six copies of deadly dispute which that's before, like three dollars each now aren't they like, they got reprinted they're like around five dollars now they were up around 10 at one point for a common for a common i mean it's, look it's a village rights with value stapled to and it. like with it, fixing it's, it's nuts. phenomenal yeah yeah it's crazy but like can I tell you like a cool little story about those chaff boxes? Sure. I found an Oko Thief of Crown in one of those chaff boxes. What? Ones. Yeah. Like genuinely three mana. He's mythic, right? He is a mythic. I don't oh know how God. he got swept up, but I went to the store, like the front of the store and went, look, I'm here to buy these chaff singles from here. And the <laughs> they were going through them and went, what? And I was like, yeah, that was in the box. And he's like, I can't sell you that for that much. I'm like, it was in the box, and he was like, look, I'll do you a discounted price on it, but I can't tell you what it's oh So I God. got an Oko for, like, half price or something. I mean, still, you take it. Yeah. That that card, for those of you who don't know, came out in Throne of Eldraine, which just famously completely Magics. obliterated standard. Yeah. Uh, every single card was busted in terms of power level, especially the Mythics. Literally, I think every single rare was game-warping. Yeah, Like, Embercleave was nuts. Like, I vividly remember, like, people who play Standard at our store being like, man, I've got so many great ideas for when Throne of Eldraine leaves, leaves Standard. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, I've got this cool brew for yeah. the new cards. And they were like, yep, as soon as Throne of Eldraine doesn't exist anymore, <laughs> I don't have to play against Embercleave every single game. Oh my game. lord. I just, that period of magic was so, like, it was, like, Theros was in that era. 
like Uro Ur- yeah. and Uro with Eldred. It was uh, adventures. And, yeah. Oh my lord. They, they thankfully seem to have learned their lesson. And if anything, there was a couple of sets that a lot of people were like, "Wow, the power level on these is so low." I think they did that on purpose. <laughs> I think they did, yeah. and I'm kind of glad. I think it's better mm. when you kind of have to stretch to find a cool deck. Yeah. Uh, but that's standard. That's not what we're yeah. talking about. We're talking about Commander, uh, and we're telling you to buy singles. Um, we actually have finished the talking about buying singles, so we're going to throw this bit of paper. Wow, we're not going to get um, the Professor for what? Hey, look, we didn't... Oh, no, we knocked a bunch of stuff off. Oh, <laughs> a um, bunch of friendship bracelets. Gone. Oh, I'm, I'm sad to whoever gave you those friendship <laughs> bracelets. Um, I'm really shocked that we didn't have the Professor guest uh, on this segment, oh. because he is such a believer. And if you are on YouTube and watch Magic YouTube... Go on to the professor's channel. It's Telerian Community College. He does these videos of don't buy X set. Buy these five singles instead. He does, yeah. I love those videos. I've not watched them in a really long time, but I remember when I was really starting to get into magic and my partner at the time was a huge product buyer, like loved to buy boxes and all that kind of stuff. And like, that's fine. That's a way you can do it. But I was more interested in like, what are the single cards that I need to get to make my decks good? Mm. And those videos were so interesting. And then yeah. it was actually, weirdly, that video was at the front of my mind when I was cracking packs because I was like, I'm hoping for these cards. I'm hoping for oh, these cards. Oh, yeah. how interesting. Yeah. No, th- those those videos are great. And um, yes, a great example of his <laughs> favorite yeah. phrase, buy singles. Buy singles. You can get a playmat with it on you. Know? You yeah. can. You can. And look, if we're buying singles... Uh, it's good to know where we would like to spend our money, mm. right? So let's say, obviously, I'm, I'm going to recommend a bunch of budget cards across this whole episode. Yeah. But if we are going to want to splurge, let's not spend it on certain things. And I'll, sh- I'll give an example. Um, I recently built a uh, Queen Marchesa uh, Commander deck. Right? I know this deck so well because <laughs> I know exactly the... Can, can you please explain to everyone sure. what the premise of this deck was? Sure. So this, this deck... Uh, is basically an ode to my uh, amazing partner, Electra. Um, it's just cards that I think that she would find cool. I should explain. Electra doesn't play magic. She has no interest in magic. I've she loves the art, though. She does. Yeah. And um, anyway, she's just like, she's a bit of a goth <laughs> herself. A bit. <laughs> <laughs> so mostly the deck is full of like goth things, but it's also, it's got like a pretty solid aristocrat strategy because I found those are most of the cards that were like pretty goth looking. And, and it kind of makes sense. Like the style of play and the style of art do blend together quite yeah, well. Yeah, they do. They do. And like black in particular really mm. fit that. Um, but also like she likes particular things. Like she's she's Greek and she loves Greek mythology. So I found room for a couple, a couple of Eros cards yeah, in there. Cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, and, and so... I, this was actually not a budget deck. I built it from mostly cards in my collection, but I splurged a little bit on certain things. Um, you have to. It's, it's an ode to your partner. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but importantly, um, I want to give an example of what $20 did in the buying of this deck, right? Mm-hmm. So, example of what I could get for $20, and I want you to tell me which one you reckon sure. is the, the, the better value for your sure, deck, sure, right? Sure. So, for $20, I could have got a Shattered Sanctum and a Dragon Skull Summit. The, the two lands, the, the there's one red, black, well, one's a red black land, and it's a tri-land. Uh, one's this, white, black, one's red, black. The Shattered Sanctum, I think, is the... Tri-land? No, it's like if there's two or more lands, other lands, enters untapped. The, oh, the check land, yeah. Yeah, the check yeah. land. And the Dragon Skull is like, if you have a Swamp or a Mountain... Yeah, solid untapped. cards. Yeah, good, good lands, right? Or, again, $20 at the time of recording this video, I could get an Ophiomancer, Bastion of Remembrance, and Ravos Soul Tender. That seems like way better value. Yes. That's way better value. Right? Not only is it way better value just in terms of like you get four cards instead of like two or three, Mm. but you get cards that do something in your deck 
Right. And you're really excited to play. Exactly. I don't think I've ever seen someone play Bastion of Remembrance and go on, Bastion of Remembrance. They usually put it on field and go, hmm, Bastion of Remembrance. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. it's, it's a part of your deck that functions. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, you know, lands are great. And I'm not saying like, don't run good lands if you have them, but mm. like, they're not exciting to play. Right, and we want to we want to have fun games with mana where we feel like our decks are doing stuff. So yeah. let's have more of the cards that do the fun stuff that we want to do. Right, I could not agree with you more. It's really funny. I have um a, like a lot of uh, a lot of decks, and I, I do spend quite a bit on mana base because I play a lot of color. Like red blue is really terrible for mana fixing, yeah, so I play a lot of rocks. Printed a lot of the good lands for mm, that, that, and so color. I generally have to buy when I'm in when I'm in Izzet. I have to buy the um, Stormcarved Coast. I have to buy mm. the Steam Vents. I have to buy I have to buy these cards to make the mana base a little bit better. Yeah. But I've never gotten excited to shock in a Steam Vents. Do you know what I mean? Like. No, it doesn't yeah, really happen, it does doesn't it? happen. But I have seen, on the flip side, someone get really excited to play a tropical island, a tropical um, island or a volcanic island or something like that. But again, it's great because, yeah, they're, they're some of the most expensive and sought-after cards in the entire game. But are you excited to play it or are you excited to show it off? That is- yes, <laughs> it's kind of a different <laughs> thing. Yeah, because is there. it actually affecting your game? Because, yeah, I lost two life for my Steam Vents and you played your volcanic island for nothing. It's two life. We're in a 40 life game. Are you really that far ahead of me? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And look, I think most commander decks are two colors, right? Yeah. I think that would be... I'd say two to three for uh, the like, standard. I own 13 commander decks now. I think Eight I have... Them, surely. I think it's. I think it's more. I think it's like nine or ten are uh, two or less colors. Yeah. Got a monocolored red one. Yeah, yeah. So, and in those decks, you really don't need the super fancy land. Three plus colors, you can start wanting to splurge a little bit but like yeah. it's not going to make that much of a difference to have the life gain tap lands mm. and the scry tap lands and the um the ones that check for how many basics you know the zendikar ones? oh yeah yeah those yeah. are so fine in a in a budget deck so um or just in a deck, a deck in general like you really don't need to worry that much about it to be honest and also like you know again these are cards that you put your money where it's going to be valuable so, like, if you're building a race car, right? Like, imagine you, you, you're you budgeting out where you're going to put the money. Are you going to spend a ton of money? And it's a race car, by the way. You're designing it to win races. Mm-hmm. Are you going to spend a load of money on the paint job or on the engine? Yeah, it's the engine, right? It's the engine. You want it yeah, to go really You want to race. You want, yeah. it, you, want, you want the experience of racing the car. And likewise, if you're exactly. building a commander deck, you want the experience of playing the commander deck. Exactly. Right? And playing the commander deck is not playing your land, is it? No. Really? We, everyone does it on turn one. Everyone does it on turn two. Yep. By turn seven, I forget to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right? We're too busy doing yeah. all the other fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. Do you want to talk about like other areas of the decks that can also be kind of... You put the money where it's valuable, for example. So sure. I'm thinking, for example, like removal spells. Like we spoke uh, a lot about yeah. it in, in the responding episode. Yeah, with yeah. Monster episode. But we mentioned like Assassin's Trophy, for example. I don't know what. It's probably like 10 or 15 bucks, something like that. Yeah, 13, 14. Yeah, think, something yeah. around that. But like Assassin's Trophy is a fantastic removal spell. Oh, yeah. It's great. But there are $2 removal spells that do just as good. Yeah, like, or, or less. Or like, less. I, like, I can think of, yeah, like... Just generically good removal spells that are, yeah, like less than $2. Yeah. Um, and keep in mind, so 
I, I think of my removal in two ways. There are spells that are just good removal because of the rate, because they're an instant usually. Or because they hit anything. Yes, yeah. that kind of thing. Or there are like removal spells that are great because they synergize with your deck. We talk about mm. this a lot in the responding. We episode, did, so yeah. I won't go into it. But in terms of like just amazing, uh, generically good removal mm-hmm. in any circumstance. Disenchant. Awesome. It's like 25 cents, one and a white, destroy target artifact enchantment. It's a sideboard card in every white pauper deck. It's just yeah. fantastic, yeah. right? Um, Resculpt is an in- a new one I've been trying. Love Resculpt. Right? Actually, I'm a huge, as a blue player, yeah. big fan of Resculpt. <laughs> this all your boxes because this is like... <laughs> instant speed, it's cheap, It it because uh, it gives a 4-4 four, four elemental. Yes. So look, it's a 4-4 four, four elemental in Commander, who cares? Yeah. But like a blue, it's Exile as well, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my god! Like yeah. exile two mana blue. Mwah, yes, love, love. and it's also it's exile target artifact or creature. So oh, like it hits artifacts too. It That's hits so artifacts. Good. It's I've tried it a few times. Having heard, I think it was Rachel Weeks. Mm. Um, like just sing the praises of this card, and let me tell you, yeah, again, the four four does not matter. No, it at all, really doesn't. Um, and the ability to exile something two mana instant speed in blue. It's so a creature good. or an artifact. It's amazing. It's, it's so good. But super then, like, solid. As, as well, like you got cards like feed the swarm, which is finally, finally, finally a black card that hits enchantment. Yes, it Huge. does. It does. So um, like this... sorcery speed, which is a, a drawback. Yeah, but... but again, it's 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 one of those cards in its colors. It yeah. just shines. Because yeah. if you're playing mono black, you need to include a feed the swarm now. Yes. There's no reason why you shouldn't. It's true. It's true. I think it's worth knowing, know at least a little bit about the color pie when you're choosing your removal mm, as well. Yeah. Especially because, again, most um, commander decks are two colors, right? Yeah. If either of those colors is white, for instance, don't, like, let's say it's an Azorius deck, it's yep. a blue white deck, actually don't run Resculpt. I would there's say better white ones because you'd you'd rather have disenchant because that's going to hit any artifact or enchantment that covers that or whole return chunk of to board. dust get two things yeah, yeah. exactly like the, you know kind of know roughly the tiers mm. that the removal sits at so yeah if you're removing artifacts or enchantments and you're in green or white your spells that remove artifacts or enchantments should be green or white yeah. because those are going to be the best ones best bang for, for your sure. money right um, if you're removing if you're looking for your creature removal mm. and you're running black. All your removal for removing yeah, creatures should be black, right? And again, like, if you're countering spells, use the blue ones. Yes. Why would you use Manatide <laughs> when, when you have much better counter spells? It'd be pretty funny, admittedly. But... Look, I once tapped out in my Zaxara deck um, for a huge Torment of Hailfire. I think it was, like, X equals 30, something like that. Oh, my God. And I got Manatide <laughs> and didn't leave any. <laughs> it was the single most embarrassing thing a blue player could get I'm hit by. sure. Yeah. You're even playing blue as well. I was in blue. And you know what's even so worse? Funny. I had Power Sync, which is one blue and Delve for oh. X and counter target spell unless they play X. I could have just left one blue up <laughs> and used my graveyard for the rest of the map. But no, I was way too no, confident. That's that's the James way of doing oh, things, Oh, 100%. Right? And this is the, that my Timmy's coming out again. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, a good red spell... Uh, uh, for removal under two dollars, Chaos Warp. I love Chaos Warp. It's anything. It's so fun. Too. It just hits anything, <laughs> and like especially if you're in mono red, um, you, mono red d- d- just does not hit enchantments. It's not like black that has the one yeah, or two cards now. You just cannot touch them, yeah. um, except with cards like Chaos Warp that do non-land permanence. So yeah, like I'm still shocked that Chaos Warp is so cheap because 
Yeah, it's, it's one of those cards where it's like, there's no other card like Chaos War. In red, at least. Yeah, in red, at least. I think now, like, we're starting to see red do a little bit more of this on cards, where it's like, it's a really good card, but the downside is your opponent gets something. Yes. So, like, Tybalt's Trickery is another one of these yeah. red cards. Always that... counts as a spell, but sometimes gives your opponent something massive. Right? Yeah, yeah, but it's like, Chaos War, like, you might flip something off the top that's even more scary, yeah. which has happened in a couple of games. And but it's usually pretty funny. Again, <laughs> 90% of the time you're flipping a land or a spell yeah. or like an instant or sorcery. So yeah. it's, it's not that bad. And again, you're thinking about, okay, I'm in... I'm in these colors. I'm in mono red. Mm. What are the? Where am I putting my money to get the best value? Yeah. And it, chaos warp is two and a red at instant speed. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's great. And anything. That's anything. Yeah. And it's under two dollars. And I, I think there's also a bit of a misconception. Like again, I, we should be putting our money where we want it, right? Like we talked yeah, about the race sure. car analogy is a good one, but. Also, know when we don't need to spend the money. So this is why I'm mm. giving you all these removal spells. I'm telling you, like, you don't need Assassin's Trophy. No. Like, it's a great spell. If you have it, run it, 100%. But, like, you can not run it and you will be fine. Like, I build decks. I almost yeah. never spend money on good removal because there's so much great budget removal out there. And these are just, again, the generically good ones. I'm about to go into, as well, synergy pieces, right? Uh, removal yeah. that can synergize with your deck. Um, Dispatch is one of my favorites. What's Dispatch again? Dispatch, it's uh, an instant for a white, so one mana. It's pretty good already. Uh, tap target creature. It has other text. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> I ju- my face dropped, by the way, when Walt said. <laughs> tap target creature. Because, by the way, if you've never played against a card called Twiddle, please look it up. Um, it's, it is a phenomenal card, and I and many other community members have lost to this card. Oh, uh, Twiddle. Uh, we'll classic. let you explore that one. Oh, my God. Anyway. So, Dispatch. Tap dispatch. target creature. Metalcraft. So, if mm. you have three or more artifacts, exile target creature. Oh, my God. It becomes a eggs path to exile... But better. But better, because they if, don't get a land. No, they get, <gasps> don't get anything. So if you're playing Boros Bonk with, like, a bunch of artifacts, yeah. that is just objectively way better to play than a Path of Swords. Or if you're a weirdo like Walt, and you've got a Selesnia artifact oh, deck. <laughs> <laughs> also just amazing in that deck, it's right? So, that's... I never actually thought about how you could, like... Because, yeah, one and a white for instant no, speed removal. White. The one, oh my god, just white. Just white. Just white. It is upside, it is better than Path to Exile or swords. and Swords. Because they get nothing that you just exile the, the creature. The, the, the prerequisite is Metalcraft. Yes, which so if three you're or more playing artifacts. an artifact deck, Easy. you have by turn two. Yeah, basically. That is insanity. It's so, so good. And like, you know, downside tap a creature. Like, there will be times when you don't have Metalcraft and that'll still save your butt, right? Someone's playing... A huge creature. And my favorite thing you. is just when tap it. My favorite thing is like beginning of combat. Um, Xenagos triggers target Galter. It becomes a 24-24. Before you declare attacks, tap. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a feels bad for oh, whoever's playing um, Xenagos in that circumstance for sure. Love it. Um, another fun. <laughs> this is just Walt's favorite Swifty Thursdays cards now. Um, Abjure. Do, do you remember this one from Thirsty Thursdays? I do remember this one. This is a blue card, right? It's a blue card. It's a counter spell. So for a blue, yeah. as an additional cost, you have to sacrifice a blue permanent counter target spell. That's pretty good. Again, one mana, like That's the upside. Phenomenal. And if you're playing it in a deck, so like the deck that I run it in is around me. 
of the dead tide. Oh, you put something what you want in your bin. Yeah, exactly. You got a Muldrifter in play. You're like, yeah, I cool. I want to draw I'll six count cards in, next turn. I'll counter your spell and get my Muldrifter in the bin. Wow. Um, like, yeah, you know, so some of these have hoops to jump through, but the point is you want to find the cards that the hoop is not a hoop for you. Yeah. Metalcraft is not an issue for an artifacts deck and sacrificing a blue permanent is not an issue if you're a graveyard deck yeah right? no that's huge yeah. I, like and again that is just objectively better than running counterspell in that deck in that deck because yeah. and this is the thing we talked about it a lot in the responding episode where it, you know the the type of responses should synergize with the deck so we might mm. go on about it but if you can find these cards use them can mm. i ask because you do this a lot like there's the, I, i'm looking at the script here there's we've still got more cards to go through <laughs> Where do you find the cards? You, it's Scryfall for you, right? Yes, it is. Um, I'll give a very quick rundown of how you use yeah. Scryfall to your advantage. So Scryfall.com, I think it's Scryfall.com. If you just Google Scryfall, it's the top It'll result. Yeah. Um, it's basically a search engine. Um, people who've been playing for a while are probably familiar with Gatherer, which is the one that's actually mm-hmm. run the, by Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. And it's got the Oracle text and all yeah, that kind of stuff. Uh, like uh, some rulings. Scryfall is about a million times better at everything that Gatherer tries to do. Um, even rulings, I will say. All wow. the rulings are in Scryfall often before they're in Gatherer, which is wild. Whoa. Yeah. Anyway, Scryfall. So you go there. Um, if you're just looking for a card, you can just use the search thing. Like, if you're just looking for mm-hmm. Abjure, you can just type in A-B-J-U-R-E, and there's Abjure, right? It'll just show you the cards straight away. What a away. weird word. It is a very weird card. <laughs> I have to look up the meaning of half of these when I wrote this review Thursdays. What is the definition of Abjure? I think it's like... Is it to like? Uh, I think to, it's like to murder someone who is below your rank or something. To abjure. <laughs> I think so. Oh no, uh, I can't remember. Or maybe it's like demotion. I can't. We might have to look this one maybe, up. Maybe, <laughs> maybe another time. Um. Anyway, but then the the key thing you want to do is underneath the search section. There's going to be a little thing that says advanced search, mm-hmm. and you can open that. There's a bunch of options that come up. The main ones you're going to want to be looking at is there's an option where you can choose the colors of your commander. So, so it only searches cards that can fit your command. Yes, because yeah. there are like there is actually a specific criteria that affects whether a card can be played in your commander deck, right? Like it's yeah. it's color, color identity, which is a, different than the color of the card. Yes. Anyway, so if you just choose blue white in that section there, it's only going to show you cards you can play in a commander blue white deck. Right? Which I do want to just show off some commander knowledge here can include cards like blind obedience, even though it has a uh, the extort a, a, thing, hybrid yeah. thing for extort. It is in the reminder text. There yes. you go. Stellar and all you like hardcore <laughs> rules fanatics out in the audience. Enjoy that. It's a super weird one, that one. Um, anyway, so you, the main things you're going to want to do, you're going to want to change your color identity for the commander that you're building, yeah. right? Then you're going to want to scroll down a bit towards the bottom. There's a bit where you can choose price USD. I have never seen that. I've used Scryfall a bunch and I've never looked at that. Yeah, you can just like set, like think of a reasonable, like absolute maximum. So when I'm building a budget deck, $5 is good because that's US dollars. Yeah. Um, it's going to, yeah, cut anything that's completely out of yeah. your budget probably. Set that at $5. Then you're going to want to... Then you can do whatever you want, basically. Like, you whatever card so you're looking for. for creatures, yeah, like, instance. Think about what you want to find for your deck. So, let's say I'm building my Aramie deck, right? Yep. I could just change the... Uh, in the type search, I can change it to creature. And let's say I want removal. I might go... Destroy in the type. Yeah, I yeah. might just t- type in the rules text, destroy. And then all that it's going to show me is creatures that say destroy on them. That are in black. That are in blue and black, in that case. You can also do some really interesting stuff, like you can choose mana value. 
Which, like, let me tell that's you, huge, when I was yeah. building an Obosh deck and I wanted odd CNCs. Oh, wow, that's super, super useful, handy. right? You just choose one or you choose yeah. three or you choose five. That's really useful. Super um, handy. The, the other one I'll recommend for, like, pretty much any search is towards the bottom. You can choose how it will order the results. So, by default, I think it's alphabetical. Makes sense. You can choose EDH rec rank. <gasps> and it will show you the cards that are played most commonly what? in Commander decks at the top. I will say, at that point, you might as well visit EDH Rec. Like, it's giving but, you the top no, things. Like, if, if that's actually really, like, Well, it filters out the stuff handy. you don't want, yeah, right? yeah, but also, then you just click page 10 down the bottom and go look at the really weird cards. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Um, anyway, there's, like, a million other things you can do with, um, with Scryfall. You can actually do all of that stuff if you know how to type the syntax directly into the search bar. I don't know how to. Just use the advanced search. It literally does exactly the same thing. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So, yeah. If you're looking for budget cards, that's that's my recommendation. Well, that's how Walt does it. And I, I can attest to I've been over your shoulder when you're doing it. And I have, like, taken notes behind you while you're working. <laughs> and I've been like, hmm, that's an interesting blue card. I <laughs> honestly, I could, uh, I could I could rave about Scryfall all day. It's freaking amazing. And and speaking of uh, cards that I would find on Scryfall, let's say I was doing that exact search, actually. Yeah, okay. The Arami search, right? So, I've, I've changed my color identity to blue-black. I've said $5 US maximum. You I'm sorting by EDH rec rank. I want to destroy something. Let's say I've got, with a Rami, I probably want to enter the battlefield thing, right? Sure. So I might type in the rules text, enters, destroy. Yep. And then I'm going to hit search and find all the creatures because I want to reanimate them, right? Mm -hmm. Right at the top, I basically guarantee it, you're going to find Shriekmore. Shriek I knew it. I knew Shriekmore would be the one. Right? So Shriekmore, I think for one and a black, you can evoke it. So like it enters it's the like battlefield and dies yep. straight away. Yep. So it enters the battlefield and dies immediately. Destroy target non-black, non-artifact creature, I think is the text. I think so. And then to just cast it as five mana. But the important thing is in a graveyard deck, for two mana, it's sorcery speed, but straight you, to, you remove graveyard. something, but then it's straight in your bin. And then even better in an Arami deck, when you give it Encore, three of those bad boys pop up. Exactly. And you get to pop three things on the table. Yes. Also really good in a, the, the good old classic Marin deck. Oh, yeah. You just keep gives looping you, it. And yeah. gives you an experience counter as yeah. well every time that you're doing that. Um, and in the really early game as well, that's huge because usually, uh, or in the late game, it's great because it, it stays on the battlefield. Or in the early games, it's great because you evoke it and it goes straight back to bin, so you can do it again at the end of the turn. Exactly. There you yeah. go. Marin Su players. Pop super tip. good. Super good. Um, <laughs> a weird one for you. I, I went by color here. I don't know if you can yeah, tell. Okay, yeah. Um, Kazul's Fury. I run this card. I love it. Because, it's super good. So one of the secret win cons in my Firelaf deck is Fling. And Kazul's Fury is a redundancy copy of Fling. And a land, importantly, and right? In a Fire Laugh deck is so good. I, I have, I have, by the way, finally, finally, finally done the trick of playing a bounce land and returning one of the modal dual face lands. So back you to can your play hand. it as the spell. Oh my oh. god. Do you know how good I felt when I did that? I know, right? It was like, I am a sequencing genius. <laughs> I listened to last week's episode on the order and I now know how to play my land. I was so happy with that. But the secret win con, right, is just so you know my fire left deck. Mm. When, a, when a land ETBs, you put four plus one counters on target planet you control. Yes. Now, my deck is designed to have multiple landfall triggers in one turn so I can make an army of big dudes and swing in with a bunch of buff plants. Yep. Ah, but if you manage to play a million lands in one turn, put them all on one plant and throw it at someone's base. It's so much funnier. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And also the plants are so expendable in that deck. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, you don't care about sacrificing a plant. Like, normally, like, I, I played this deck in my Rada deck, right? Yeah. Which makes Rada huge. It's like a, Voltron deck, right? It yeah. makes Rider huge and then you swing. But as just like a safety, in case someone's like, okay, I path her, 
then I'm just like you in response, it? fling it at you, yeah. right? But it's Still my commander, you. so yeah. it feels bad. But your your plans are just like fodder, right? Oh my god! And I love it when someone removes fire laugh. I'm like, oh, thank you for letting me get more plants. Oh, to- <laughs> I've made that mistake so yeah. many times because <laughs> it's like I look because I put it's a lot worse. of sacrifice outlets in the deck. Like goblin bombardment's huge. Yeah, but Gr- like greater good, I've seen a few times. Greater good is massive. It's mm. such a good card draw engine. But like. Yeah, when someone removes Vylaf, I'm like, oh, cheers, I'll get more plants. Thanks, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we didn't explain what Kazulus Fury does. Oh, it's, it's Fling. It's a redundancy It's literally Fling. fling. Yeah. It costs one more mana, so it's an instant speed, three mana, um, sacrifice a creature, deals that much damage equal to its power to type creature or player, but it also is a land on the other side. So it's this just can just red be so a land in your deck yeah. that also doubles as a removal spell. It's amazing. It's so good. If there's any upside in your deck to using that card, just run it. It's yeah. a land. Like, it's you so just good. don't care. So good. Um, uh, green one. Uh, Kenra's Transformation. Ah, uh, one and a green aura turns something into a 3-3 three, three elk. With no abilities. abilities. This is like the oh. ultimate creature removal. And you draw a card. Um, so again, yeah. this is in the syn- synergistic section of the, the removal, right? So this is just any enchantment deck. Any deck that cares about yeah. how many enchantments you have. Siona got of the Pileys, it will trigger and get you a soldier. Yeah, yeah, any, like, especially the, the new, what's the one that literally is an enchantress in your command zone? Oh, the, wow, they just printed it. It's like Modern Horizons 2. It's like a green and a white. And it's just when it, when you cast an enchantment spell, you draw a card. That's insanity. Yeah, <laughs> That's it was crazy. it was nuts. They wanted it for modern, and then naturally, it's like, oh, cool! I have a commander a that draws me cards. Yeah, yeah. stapled to it. Yeah, yeah. So any sort of deck like that, Kansas Transformation is going to be amazing. Again, all of those cards at the time of recording are less than two dollars. So this is going to cost you nothing. See, right? that's crazy. We just spent like easily ten minutes raving about like five cards, one from each color, and the card that we initially spoke about was Assassin's Trophy. Which, by the way, this is how the conversation for assassin's trophy would go if we were doing a podcast on it you ready enjoy this all right so walt today we're talking about a card assassin's trophy what do you think of it it is a bit expensive yes it is a bit expensive it's fine but um it's a good card right it's good yeah it's really good it's good yeah and that's the end of the podcast oh my god we can see like the audio in front of us it's just this blob of blue of me crying i'm so sorry i'm sure that sounds awful rest in peace headphone users uh, rest in peace me trying to edit that sound to make it not but look that's that's essentially we just we, again like one conversation about assassin's trophy is yeah it's good run it yeah these cards are like it synergizes it does this yeah. it does that and it's 25 cents exactly like, and that's that's your removal right like you, you can have the rest of the cards in your deck can be exactly the same mm. like i just wanted to throw removal out there because like we all need it right we it talked about it in, in the deck. in the yeah. in response episode like we all need some um but like that can be cheap the cards that make your deck great can be cheap in my my chaser deck that i built I, yeah, I splurged on a few cards like I talked about, but also most of the deck cost me nothing. Yeah. Like, is a, a free buck. sack outlet that scries one when you sack a creature, yeah. right? Um, Weaponcraft Enthusiast. Do you know this one? No. Just like, it's... It, Funny ra- name, though. <laughs> I know, right? Um, it's two and a black. It's a creature. It enters the battlefield. I think people people don't remember it because it uses a keyword that nobody remembers anymore. Oh, my God. I can't remember what the keyword is. Oh, I can't remember. I know what it does, though. Yeah. Which is, you either put two plus one counters on it. Spoiler, you never do this. Or you make two thoughts. Fabricate. Fabricate, yes. A fabricate servos, two. I think. It's servos. Servos. Maybe yeah. it's servos, yeah. Oh, so, we got there with that scryfall. Look at yes. us go. But the, the main thing is, you're just 
This in an aristocrat's deck is a three mana make three creatures creature as well. Yeah. So if you're reanimating it, you're like make three creatures, make three creatures, right? Yeah. Less than a dollar. Amazing card. So good. Um, Morbid Opportunist played like one time in this deck. I was sleeping on this card so hard and so is everybody else. Two and a black. Mm. It's like a one three rogue, I think. If you're a rogue's deck, it's extra good. Yeah. Um, whenever one or more other creatures die... Draw a card. This triggers only once per turn. You hear that triggers only once per turn. You're like, oh, man, this sucks. It doesn't care if the creatures are yours or not. <gasps> so, wait, hang on. When you, on an opponent's turn, if they're playing a sacrifice deck, you're Any, drawing no, card. Not even a sacrifice deck, James. Someone dies. blocks and a creature dies. If a creature hasn't died that turn yet, you just draw a card. Spoiler alert, in Magic, creatures die. Creatures die, especially <laughs> in Commander. Like, yeah, that's when, huge. Think about how many turns you see oh, where a creature a, doesn't die. This card fits into one of my favorite categories of power level of cards. I call it, a, as you said, it's a sleeper card. People yeah. sleep on it. Yeah. So it's on the table and everyone's like, it's not that good. But it's because like, okay, you play Ristic Study and people are like, oh no, it's a Ristic Study. Get rid of exactly, it, get rid of it, get rid right? of it. It's going to draw all the removal. You play this card and everyone's like, eh, that's all right. You draw on a card a turn. Yeah. But you let that go around two rotations. You've drawn eight cards. Yeah. If that works every single turn, you've drawn eight cards. And very easy to break with a card like Ophiomancer. Oh, and if a, so you have a sack outlet on the you field. Have a sa- you- I, had, I had a game where I had a sack outlet on field that was free. I had... Um, yeah, I had this card down and Ophiomancer. And so, spoiler alert, Ophiomancer oh makes a Lord. snake every upkeep if you don't have a snake. So if you have a free sack just outlet, the the you turn. just every turn sack the snake. And in this case, a permanent death sack the snake. And draw a card. Oh my god, the sack outlet was Viserysia. So you were scrying and draw- Oh my god! <laughs> it, it actually, so sadly, works the opposite of the way you'd think because you always do the oh, cost first. first. So you draw okay. a card, then scry one, but then also you're drawing the card the next turn. Oh, so every whoa, turn, I was drawing a card and scrying one and, and getting a, a death trigger. death touch blocker as well. Yep. So hang on, that combo- So Ophiomance is what, like five Five bucks, roughly. This is a seven dollar card draw blocking scrying machine of a yep. combo. And again, like I'm playing an aristocrats deck i want my That's creatures to doing. die if you've got a bastion ceramorance now yeah or in like if you got okay keep going with the combo you've got a bastion ceramorance down and daxos you're gaining a life and draining <laughs> the table every single turn exactly right exactly right yeah oh i love that absolutely combo. nuts I love oh well combo. speaking of the next card i was going to talk about was falcon wrath and oh there you so go, there you go. Trade, that completes yeah, it yep. Yep. yep yep done done uh, and that's yeah. a less than $10 combo. Yes. That- and each of those cards are just settings, aside from the Ophiomancer, yeah. less than a dollar. And again, I love the fact that these cards are all sleeper cards. People mm. see them on the table and go, okay, sure, you can have that. Because I'm more scared of the person that just cast the the Mystic Remora, the Ristic Study. Yeah. Those really expensive blue card drawer engines that are in of themselves an engine. But like... How many cut like okay, at our store at least now people are paying the one for Aristic. They've learned the lesson. They've learned the lesson. <laughs> so learned. you're probably drawing more cards than Aristic Study Player with Morbid. Uh, what was it called? Morbid, Morbid Opportunist. Yeah, I'd say so. And that's the that's the really cool thing about the the budget deck as well is that you don't care as much about when your stuff dies because you're just gaining incremental value from yeah. the cards that you play. And look, I'm telling you, if you play, if you watch um, JLK play mm. on game nights, it doesn't like completely disregard the price aspect in terms of this episode, but look at his deck lists and the way he builds them. And it is incremental value. He doesn't play yeah. that many huge 
you know, like amazing, like... He's not a Timmy. He's not a Timmy. But also, he's not a Timmy with his wallet either. That's the thing. No. Like, he will... Yes, okay. Like, I'm saying they're not Timmys with their wallets, but they're game nights. They have the money to spend. Yes. So and they, they just own the cards already. And they well. will crack a fetch land and not shock in an island, a volcanic island. Yes. Like, they, they will do that. Yeah. But that's also just making their deck slightly more efficient. But if you look at the way they play, the cards mm. that they... Again, the car analogy. Yeah, their, their paint job on the car is mm, exquisite. The flames down the side really make it work. Yeah. But the engine that they use... That's from Super Cheap Auto. Like, yeah, yeah like, basically. Yeah. And, like, if you look at the deck list, yeah, you'll find, like, a, a bunch of the cards will be expensive. Like, And some of the cards that are expensive mm. will be extremely expensive. There will be one or two dollar cards in that deck because price does not automatically equal power level. And this is the thing. I've heard this conversation so often in the store and I've had to jump in, like, quite, you know, rudely push my way in and go, excuse me, that's not correct. A lot of people believe that Magic the Gathering is the first and longest running pay to win game. Mm. Which I think if you're playing competitive magic and like you're at the top tier standard areas and where there's like a meta for the game... Yes, you mm. you especially like you'll see it on arena. You play on arena, Definitely. you you will see the same deck list, the exact same deck list pop up with different opponents because mm. people know and they break it really easily. Commander, totally different game. Hundred percent. It is it is a game that is so diverse because of the amount of cards that you're allowed to play. Yeah, the that, card pool is massive, right? There's no format that's even close. No, it literally is. Well, like yeah, no, it doesn't. Like I'm thinking of like all the legal formats that allow you to play everything. But they're ban list. Pauper, but you're only allowed to play commons. Yeah, exactly. So it eliminates uh, like half the cards already. Yeah, but so, like, commander's ban list comparatively is so short. It's right? tiny. Yeah. So this is what I'm saying. Like, it is a completely different game and you shouldn't look at commander with the same lens as modern or no. pauper or draft or standard because you're looking at it with this lens of that dark orange logo of the set means that it's a good card and mm. I should play it in my colors. Yeah. Command is more f- nuanced than that. Yeah. And you can get more out of it if you look deeper. Mm. And usually, the deeper you look, the more trinkets you find that work really well. And by trinkets, I mean these cheap cards that we're talking about now. Yeah, and look, like, <laughs> you, you will have a little bit of a kind of a hipster feeling <laughs> i'm not lying yeah, that is so predictable you it's no but seriously like there's something so satisfying about when you play a card that nobody's heard of and yeah. then someone reads it and goes that's amazing twiddle again look yeah. it up <laughs> <laughs> oh my okay, god okay i i am gonna before we even get to the end of the podcast i'm gonna do it to, to the listeners mm-hmm. to the listeners Go on Scryfall, type in Twiddle, find <laughs> Twiddle, and tell us what deck does Walt play this in that we've mentioned this episode. Uh, everyone who plays at the store is going to get it straight away. There you go, but that's that's my two okay, little yep, stuff. Yep, see go. if you can work it out. See if you can work it out. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. And I think, I think people... I definitely did this when I first started playing, where... Sorry, I'm going on script a bit here. But go, like, go, go. But when... Um, when I would look up cards, like, because I had a collection of cards I had from when I played when I was really young. Yeah, right? but they were all whiteboarded. They looked like they'd been drowned in milk. I didn't, like, look, <laughs> I didn't know what a sleeve was. No, I do remember actually introducing you to the new era of magic. And you went, I've got some magic cards. And you pulled out an iPad box oh, that had... <laughs> it, was, it was literally an iPad air box just filled with cards and the dirtiest like elastic bands holding them together it was and i was a brand new player as well so i looked at it and went totally acceptable <laughs> <laughs> 
I see nothing wrong here. There's, there's nothing wrong with this oh, situation. Oh my god. I mean, yeah, yeah, yours is probably just deck boxes, right? You just had like yeah. a deck box and a deck box. Yeah, and, that was yeah. it. Uh, anyway, I, when I was like, I was kind of like, oh my god, because I haven't played in so long, mm. some of these cards have like a crude value. And so I just started looking them up. I just like find a rare and be like, oh, I wonder what this is worth. And I'd look them up. And I made this mistake of finding cards that were like four or five dollars and being like, Oh, it must be great. And putting it in a deck. Mm. I'll give you an example. Um, oh, if I can even remember the name of the card. Oh, you, you'll probably know it. It's one black. I think it's a one, two. He's a vampire knight. And at the beginning of the end step, if someone took three or more damage. Is it Knight of the Evon Legion? Yes. I think wow, so. Wow, God, I'm good. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> at the beginning of the end step, I think if a player lost three or more life, you put a plus one counter on him. That's Knight of the Evon Legion. Yes. I. And okay. I think you can pay two and a black and you buff him buff, buff, as well. Plus three, plus three in death touch. I think it's plus two, plus two death touch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's like... This goes to show how influential Theo's vampire deck builds are getting to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of vampires kicking around yeah. the store these days. It's true. Anyway, but I, I looked it up and it was like a four or five dollar card. And I'm like, wow, this must be amazing. I put it in my knight's deck because I was like, this is a knight. It's a knight. Yeah. So good. It is not a good commander card. I'm sorry, but like... The... It was great in standard at the time. Yes, and this yeah. is the thing. And I watched someone play modern, I think, and they were playing like a vampire's modern brew. And it was like a house. Because in, in those formats, like that ability to slowly accrue value, especially on a one drop, is amazing. Especially where the meta in that format at the moment is slow and grindy control. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. But like, yeah, comparatively, in commander, like in my Seguin deck, for instance, right... I want to suit my knights up with a bunch mm. of equipment. So the thing I realized and recently, quick. yeah, I also want um, keywords. So they can be small creatures, oh, yeah, but if yeah, those yeah. creatures have trample or first strike or haste, like life all link. life links are really good mm. one. Double strike is like oh gravy, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like if they have those keywords, then suddenly I chuck all these equipment on, and it's like okay, this is a five five with life link and d- double strike. And now it's gonna kill you. Yeah, like. not of the Ebon Legion unless you pay that buffing Three thing. Three mana or whatever it is. I, oh, maybe it has Death Touch by, by default. But look, like, it's not affecting the game no. in, a, in a way that is worth your, the $5 that That's you're That's a really for, good right? example, yeah. yeah. I, I think that there's a lot of examples that people generally jump to immediately with certain archetypes. Mm. You know, like, I, I'm, I'm struggling to think of some. But, like, there's certain artifacts that every artifact player looks at and goes, oh, I should really put this in my artifact deck. But for me, when I was building Brutaclad, which we've mentioned on this podcast before, mm. it's not an artifact deck. It's a token deck. So, like, a lot yeah. of the time, it's like, I don't really care. Like, but I ran it for a long time. You know, it, it's it's those things that I think, again, my message of Commander being such a nuanced thing. Mm. You can find such better synergies for, again, such a low price. Because, again, this is... This is big brain stuff right here. This is the <laughs> podcast for big brain. If you big yep. brain this, you can go around the EDH rec top 10 and find something cheaper and better for your specific deck if you look in the right places. It's true. I totally agree. Mm. Um, the one thing I will say as a little, like a little bit of a caveat, I don't want to get carried away and people thinking like budget is always amazing. Mm. Um, there are certain decks that are going to be great for playing on a budget, yeah. like super budget friendly and some decks that are not. I know that like, for example, um, equipment decks are usually pretty budget friendly because there yeah. are lots of equipments that are cheap. There's you lots could... of good solid equipment. I will say yeah. there's like... If you like want to get things. to the top tier, yeah, like, like the Ember swords. Cleave's like 10 or 15 bucks. The swords are, swords, are yeah. very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
a good example of a, another one you can play super cheap is, yeah, basically anything graveyard-based. You can build a budget Marin deck that will obliterate everyone you play against. Yeah, like, um, you're, like for instance, I love this example, actually. Your Marin deck was a very budget build when you originally built it. Yeah. And we had another member of our store, Stubsy, who had a quite an expensive Marin deck, which had a birthing pod in it and all mm. this kind of stuff. But I hated both of them equally. Like, <laughs> that's <laughs> no small the problems. Like, yeah. the deck I hated them both equally. <laughs> they were both fantastic. Yeah. So it's like those kinds of decks, yeah, mm. you can do. Um, we mentioned Aramie, the, the Aristocrats, much yep. deck I built. So all these graveyard strategies, like most of the spells that you're going to want to play in the deck are not expensive. Most Aristocrats, yep. the ones that... When a creature dies, you're dealing a damage, you're gaining a life, whatever. Those are not expensive. Um, most de- decent reanimation spells are not expensive. So that's that's going to yeah. be a good way to go. Um, tokens. I love tokens. Uh, Brutaclad yeah. is your one token yeah. deck, which you do bring out a lot, I would say, actually. I have started bringing it. It's funny, actually, since we've spoken about it on this podcast... People have asked to play against it. Really? It's become a bit of a weird... I Like, people have asked me in store, you've spoken about it a million times, can you play it? I'm like, warning, it could pop off. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I think I ended up Mind Slaver locking... I think it might have been Mark. <laughs> you and I end just, up doing that way too I often. Know, but this is the thing. It's like, I could... I could easily be broken because I've got four of I can't mind sleeper lock everyone. Yes. But then it becomes a 2v2. <laughs> and it's pretty funny to watch. And I think it I is, It is fun. It's fun yeah. to play against. It's like when you get mind slaver, it's a bit of a feels bad, but it's pretty funny. And like the amount of mana that you're spending. I have to spend 10 mana a turn to do it. Yeah. And that's the that's the most efficient way of that lock. <laughs> that's the, the most efficient way. You can't feel I'm that bad about doing that. Doing shit all on my turn. <laughs> um Tokens, yeah, you can totally do tokens on a budget. There's like a million tokens yeah, decks out but like there. tribes are really easily as well. Yeah, like there's elves definitely... Elves and goblins are pretty... Elves and goblins are pretty good. I think tribes are an interesting one where like, if it's a tribe that's got a lot of support... Like elves and goblins. Like elves, elves and goblins are a great example. There's a million elves and goblins out there, right? Yeah. So you can find the budget ones that'll suit your deck. But you're always going to have, having owned many tokens, yeah. many of these decks. There's going to be the one card that you want to play. Or like 10. Like if you're playing goblins, like my Krenko deck is, is one of my least budget decks now. Because you see like that goblin mm. and he's like $10, you know, the... You've uh, got a Muxus goblin grand. Yeah, I've got a, Mux, yeah. a Muxus in. I think I cracked Muxus actually. But like I bought a couple. I remember I bought a card from like Facebook Marketplace. Wow. That was the like, I think he's red, red. He's got double strike. But he's a 1-1. One, one. But whenever he deals combat damage to a player, you can put a goblin from your hand onto the oh, battlefield. he's got double strike. So if he's got you get double strike, hit, you get him down turn do two, shoot. no one's going to block a turn three. You're like, okay, I'm going to drop these two goblins. Drop Muxus, you oh, know, for free on turn Lord, three. that seems good. Yeah. But, yeah. like, again, like, I, I had a very similar experience with my Abomination Lanawar deck. Mm. Well, after Commander Legends, the original Commander Legends came out, yep. I was like, I'm building this. It's yep. an elf. But it's a literally a ball of elves. <laughs> so like, flavorful. I was like, this is sick. And I had a bunch of elves already i remember i actually put in the card kingdom order with you and you, you complimented did. me saying it was one of my most budget builds yeah it was I actually because i was I like remember. really cheap skatey about it and yeah. i got cards like um uh the enchantment that if a creature dies you draw a card at the end step moldavine reclamation yeah, yeah yeah something like that and you were like hey good job james really good job yeah. and slowly but surely this deck has crept up i've now got a priest of titania in there oh, i've got nice. a crater hoof behemoth in there that's right so like it slowly creeped up on me and i looked at it the other day and i actually i played it the other day in a casual pod 
And I realized Not so that, casual anymore. Well, I was playing against two pre-cons and right. I, because I initially built this as a pre-con level competitive That was deck. kind of the goal, right? It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. And now I have a pre-con sleeved up, but I was like, oh, I'll play elves. It's a little bit funnier. And I looked at my opening hand and was like, oh, I've got eight elves on turn four. And yeah, like, damn. that's quick. Because I had the one, I had the, um, I had some seriously good ramp and I had the Lizalana, wherever you cast an elf, you create an elf. Oh, that card's nuts. Yeah. yeah the and, Hunt Master. I yeah. Think. The yeah. Hunt Master. And I was like, far out. This is a good deck now. Yeah. <laughs> I probably have gone too hand. And this is often what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, in fact, it's probably a good place to jump in here and say that, like, by all means, when you build your deck, you know, make your choice. Like I was talking about earlier, like decide what your budget is, build at that budget. But also, as you're deck building, come up with a bit of a list of, I like to call them, I think this is actually borrowed from Mish from the Commander's Call. Okay. Um, he calls them reasonable upgrades. Yeah, I have heard these. At the end of his videos, he goes, and here's a list of reasonable upgrades. Yeah, and so yeah. they're usually like like 5 or $6 cards, yeah. but they're like amazing in they the deck, will bump right? your power up yeah yeah it's not it's not necessarily like let's say priest of titania for instance that card's mm. like 12 or 13 dollars i think it's even more now yeah actually. i'm not gonna lie it's amazing like it's an absolutely phenomenal card but like this is actually not what i'm talking about i'm talking about a card that goes down and then the rest of the deck works twice as well i'll get a good example in that deck yep. i think i think it's about five dollars six dollars maybe it's beast caller uh, Beast Whisperer. Beast Whisperer. Beast Whisperer. Beast yes. Whisperer. Great example. Great example. I actually didn't, again, I didn't include that in my initial list because yeah. I was like, it's just a little bit too much and I've it's got... like five bucks, I think. And yeah. I've got some card draw spells. Like, I was including Harmonize in the list. Like, that was the kind of level of, like, draw I was. And then yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to put Beast Caller in here, see how it does. Spoiler alert. Beast Whisperer. Whisperer. Yeah. Put Beast Whisperer in, see how it does. Spoiler alert. Every single spell drew me a card. Everything cantrips. Yep. I was like, this is sick. Like, yeah, that card's an in- incredible in any mm. elf deck, any small creatures deck. Um, I've I've definitely splurged a little bit the last few times. Every time I place a, a singles order these days, I, I buy a lot of my cards like directly from singles yep. places. I'm not going to name it the main one I use because I'm angry at them at the moment. They don't get my money anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> That's like hashtag unspawn. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag, you know they to do like hashtag ad on YouTube now? Yeah. Hashtag, hashtag not ad. Anti-ad. 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 <laughs> hashtag smear. <laughs> yeah, whoa, that's smear some campaign. hardcore wording. Oh okay. my god. Anyway, I'm not going to name drop them. But like there are, so yes, some budget, some deck types work so well for budget because of the reasons we mentioned. Yeah. And then you can make these little upgrades. Yeah. But like you said, there are some archetypes that just aren't that good because all the cards that you need in the deck to make them go multi-buene, they get really, really good. They're really expensive. Yeah. And like the one that jumps to top of mind and I always think about this is lands. So Mm. for example, we've got, we, every time we talk about lands decks, we always talk about our two decks. We always talk about my fire left deck and your rata deck. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I've spent more money on my Fire Left deck than Walt spent on his Rada deck, just because, I don't know, I don't think about it enough. Yeah. Um, and I run Crucible of Worlds. I run mm. the uh, Ancient Green Warden. I run all these kinds of splashy cards, m- money value-wise, mm. that Walt doesn't, and it just performs... A little it's bit way better. more consistent. <laughs> <laughs> I was being really nice. I was being like a no, little bit better. No, no, no. Like I think I even said this to you like early on that it was kind of it was a bit disheartening because I had especially because I had sort of gotten in my groove with building budget decks and I kind of gotten used to the fact that I could build these budget decks and then play against um you know one of the guys we were playing with this time this was during like COVID lockdowns I built this deck um 
one of the guys we were playing who didn't really spend any money in his decks, but but you and your partner at the time spent a lot of money on your decks. Unfortunately, way too much. <laughs> yes. And I like I took a lot of pride in the fact that my decks hung and often yeah. won against those decks. The other thing that you did as well, which was investigate how to play really well, which was another yeah, another great. another thing that you should give yourself credit for. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um but anyway, like it was disheartening when I built this Rada deck because you <laughs> built your Phyleth deck at a really similar time. Yeah. And I would just watch your Phyleth deck work. And I was like, I just, I, I can't make my deck do this without spending. I, I can't yeah. have Crucible of Worlds. I can buy Remnant Excavator. I have for a few bucks, three but you had, lands to use. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. you had, like, you had Remnant Excavator. I had Remnant Excavator. You had Crucible of Worlds. You had Andrew Green Warden. Yeah. I just did not have those cards. There are no budget alternatives to those cards. Like you can't yeah. that you can't do it. Like there's not another way you can do it. And this is why I think, yeah, certain archetypes like the graveyard decks, yeah. like the the tribal decks, you can find your niche and your weird little way of doing it. But yeah, Lands is a great example of something where you, you it's kind really of really hard. You, and you, I can, think... you can build it and it can be fun, but you've got to know that you're not at that level. I think the reason it is so difficult is because most of the key, like we've talked about Crucible Worlds and stuff as well, but like key lands in land decks, specifically for landfall, fetch lands. Yeah. If you build budget, you're not going to be buying all the fetch lands you can run. No. Because they're way too expensive. Way too expensive. So you run the ones that you're available, which is Terramorphic Expanse, Evolving Wilds. And Fable Passage, maybe, if you want to spend a little bit. That's even a bit of a splash for me. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> even a bit of a splash. So you got three. Awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. And then you can run maybe Myriad Landscape. Yeah. Myriad and all, Landscape's a good one. All of these examples, except Fable Passage, those into the battlefield tapped. And that slower. makes a Much huge slower. difference. Like, if you're doing the absolutely nuts ramp thing of, you know, you've got your Azusa down so you can play three lands a turn. You've got your Crystal of Worlds down. If you've got a fetch land that makes them into the battlefield untapped, you are ramping three mana that turn that you can and use. every subsequent turn. And you Whereas, get six landfall triggers as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. But like, if you can do exactly the same thing with Evolving Wilds if you've got Ramunap Excavator down and Azusa, who is not budget anymore. Nope. <laughs> um, but all those lands are in the battlefield tapped, and that's actually yeah. going to make a huge difference. That's three less mana every turn yeah. than you have compared to the fetch lane stack, right? Yeah. yeah. I just... it's. It's one of those unfortunate things because, like, we're such... I mean, you are such a bad, passionate budget player. Mm. And I, by default, just by proximity, I love seeing decks that our budget do really well. Yep. It's really disappointing that some archetypes just don't have the common or uncommon cards to support mm. those insane rare land drops yeah, that, like, you true. need to play. Like, and look, you, you can do it, but you have to find your niche, right? Mm. And so, like, my lands deck is fun because it's a Voltron deck, right? If and I was it's just, also lands matter not land full there's, there's not that many landfall cards yeah. in there yeah it's mostly about just having a lot of land so you just ramp a bunch and then you just sit there and are like i've got this huge creature this is fun and in that sense you can play budget because rampant growth uh, kadama's reach yeah these cards uh, are all like two, two bucks or less yeah. yeah and look like i'm actually going to disassemble my rad deck someday soon which is a bit sad that is a bit sad but actually. i'm tra- transforming it into averna the chaos bloom oh which that is, is a I, land deck i actually traded you yeah. for the for the copy of the card so you know what i'm talking about but it's whenever you cascade you can play a land from the cascaded cards yeah you just get you just get to do so it cool. it's so it's so wacky it's um i always forget the name team up team up blue green, green red yeah um a lot of people call it wet gruel wet gruel <laughs> that's pretty much how the deck is it's got like three blue cards in it um but anyway like you know that can is my like budget line of building that deck right i'm I'm taking all of the good lands deck cards that i already have but i'm gonna find my perfect 
budget landfall Land cascade, cascade deck. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait to see it. I did. I have remembered you saying that you're building it, but it, it's now a little bit sad that I know that Rada's getting disassembled. Yeah, it's just I, yeah. I, I've got too many decks. <laughs> yeah, this is how I keep myself in check. I build new decks by disassembling old ones. That's that makes like, sense. And also, there you go. You don't. You've, you're going to use cards out of that deck in yeah. the new one. There so, you go. That's a budget recommendation, budget recommendation for you. Build, like, if you're going to build a new deck, disassemble another one, especially if you can use those cards again yeah. in other decks. Yeah. Reuse, reduce, recycle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. We were talking We were talking about reasonable upgrades. Um, I had a couple of examples. Uh, Sublime Epiphany I recently bought Love for my Kaza deck, specifically. Um, so Kaza, we talk, I feel like I talk about Kaza every episode. It has been mentioned every single episode. Uh, just, I had a I community so member much. check, actually, and really? it's been mentioned every episode. Oh my yeah. god. Anyway, it's a, it's a wizard for blue and red. You tap it, it makes yeah. your instant sorceries cost less where X is the number of wizards you have, right? Sublime Epiphany... If it's you, four blue blue. Four blue blue. And then it's got a bunch of lines of text. I'm not even going to say them. It does everything you want it yeah. to do. But in a Kaza deck, you That's... make it cost blue blue. So one of the mm. modes of Sublime Epiphany is counter target spell. So already it's on par with counter spell. Yeah. Already. And then you're like, oh yeah, cool. I'll draw a card. I'll bounce that. I'll make a token copy of this wizard. <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> right? pretty good. The card's like six or seven bucks. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't care. Like that is... Um, so good, good in that deck. Yeah. Um, I, I, I splurged on a Divergent Transformations in my weird Boros Polymorph deck. I remember when you built this deck and you didn't allow me to look at the list and you didn't allow me to look at the commanders. <laughs> and the first time we played it, you said, you have to guess what this deck is. And I was like, sure. Mountain pass. Plains pass. Croc? The Thumbless? I'm like, chaos? Is it chaos? And you're like... Maybe. <laughs> and you kept playing it, and then you polymorphed, or, like, sacrificed Croc and Doug, and then Feather came out, and I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's basically, like, a weird... It, it wants to polymorph... Feather's great in the deck. It wants to polymorph into either Zarda or Mirrorwing Dragon. Dragon. Yeah. Um, and you have a bunch of tokens, and you basically get copies of all your spells. Yeah. It's, it's good so fun. So it runs the um, Young Pyromancer. Yeah, but there's six creatures in the deck, and they yeah. all make the, the deck go great. Yeah. But the thing is, you need the Polymorph card. So Polymorph is any card that you exile a creature, and you reveal cards until you reveal a creature. So it basically yeah. swaps a creature with one yep. um, in your library. And so when you have like almost no creatures in your library, you always hit the creatures you want, hit right? Which is kind of the, the trick. Um, anyway... But it because I'm only in Boros, like most polymorph cards are actually blue. Um, there's not there weren't very many budget red polymorph spells. No. So I splurged on a divergent transformations, which has that weird mechanic undaunted costs less for every opponent you Oh, have. yeah, that was, like, one of those commander mechanics yeah, they tried to shoehorn in. Yeah, like, yeah. a couple of years ago. I think it was in the pre-cons or something. Yeah. Um, but it exiles two creatures, and it's instant speed, four mana if you've got three opponents, and you polymorph until you get two creatures. Wow, that's great. Yeah, so, so like, you, way yeah, better than every huge. other polymorph in the, in the deck. Yeah. Like, absolutely needed one for the yeah. deck to function. I think it was, like, eight or nine bucks, but I was like, whatever. That If I ever cast that spell, it's incredible. Winning a game. Yeah, yeah, right? It's amazing. You're getting your Zada, you're getting your... Yeah. Can you, can you think of any examples of, like, cards you've recently splurged on to make your decks function a bit better? Yeah, not recently, but, like, I think the one that was for me, because I built Scarab God as kind of, like, a plays at any table kind of deck right yeah yeah it's definitely bumped in power yeah. level now and I've, I've i'm refusing to say i can play it at any table now because it's now at the point where it just 
wins so well. Yeah, it hums, it hums just like it, oh, beautifully. Yeah, you turn it on and it revs, and then it's idle. The the noise that it makes when it's idling is just incredible. <laughs> this race Love, car analogy is really good. <laughs> James's experience uh, yeah. riding motorcycles and being a bit of a motorhead, yeah. just like sliding straight. It's working head perfectly. first into the episode. Nice. The two cards that I can remember specifically buying that were like super like justifiable buys for it was Rooftop Storm. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Which, <laughs> can I tell you a funny... That card is so stupid! It is six mana to cast. It is Still! Huge. But zero, you can cast zombies for zero. That's the card, that's even, what it is. Like, if they printed that today, it would be maybe five mana, but it would say... Once per turn. Yeah, it would give a card. Once per or turn. Or it would say, from graveyard only. Yeah. Like it, would, it would make or you like jump if through if a creature hoops. died this turn, you may yeah. blah blah. But instead it just says, you, you may pay zero <laughs> rather than pay the mana value of zombies. And look, can I tell you a really funny story about sure. this, which will make a budget player laugh? Okay. I was looking at my Scarab God deck and I was remembering we were putting in a group order and I was like, you know what? Rooftop Storm, this is the time. I've not played Scarab God in a while and I think it's because it's too casual. I want to bump it up in power. Let's let's buy it. Yep. And at the time, I think it was in the twenty dollar kind of zone, maybe something like that. Oh, uh, I think I know where this is going. Then Midnight Hunt came out. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they printed the free con. <laughs> and it came out and I but you know what's even worse? I now have two copies of it because I bought the pre con because it was so good. <laughs> I wanted Will Help, I wanted all the other cards for And it. even worse now, like whichever copy you're trying to trying to move on, it's like a three or four dollar card. I know, it's so oh, bad. James. It really, really hurt. But the other one <laughs> that I bought for Scarab God that held value so well, Sphinx of the Second Sun. Oh, uh, that card's nuts. It is dumb. I'm so like and especially in a deck that you can cheat it out with. Oh my god, is it good. I, so, for, for everyone, it's actually quite a complicated card. It's six blue-blue, I, I think believe. it's four blue-blue. I think it's six mana total, or it I could be more than that. I think it's eight. It's like such a... It's a mythic cost. rare. It is, yeah. a bom- it is a bomb card. It's a four-four or a five-five with flying. I think it might be a six-six with flying. It's a sphinx, naturally. <laughs> six, yeah, there you go. Sphinx, six-six with flying. The text on it is actually really hard to wrap your head around. It says at the beginning of the second, or the beginning of your post combat main phase. Main phase two. At the end of this phase, you get another beginning phase. So So the way it works, uh, it is super weird, but the way it works, it triggers at the start of post combat, which is main phase two. Yes. So as you leave in combat, entering main phase two, this trigger goes on the stack. Correct. But it doesn't resolve and happen. I, I might be using the wrong wording here until. After the phase ends. So you have to go through your second it's main phase. such a weird card. So basically... We should also explain, I think, because the, the word beginning phase... Includes... So, yeah, your untap, untap upkeep, upkeep, and draw. And draw. So you get a whole nother beginning phase, untap, upkeep, draw, at the end of your turn, basically. That's the way it works. But for yep. Scarab God, because Scarab God has an upkeep uh, trigger of draining everyone and scrying X for the amount of zombies you control... You're now doing that twice a turn. Not only that, you are untapping, which means you have more mana to reanimate relevant creatures from other people's bins on other people's turns. This is a really good example, I think, of a synergy piece, right? Because, like, Mm. the the flaw for this card is so 
so just, high it's already, like, right? It's, it's like already, Seaborn Muse, kind of. Like, you get yeah, the you get Seaborn Muse. You card, also draw a card. Draw a card yeah, yeah, like, it's already fine. But, like, you, you've got so many boxes you're ticking. You're reanimating it, mm. right? You're actually cheating the cost. I Scarab get it God out. always costs four. And because now I have a lot of tutors to Graveyard, yeah. I cheat this thing out on all turn four I've seen it all the time. I've seen you reanimate it, like, on turn three or four. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um... So, like, that, it's already drawing you the card and untapping your stuff. But Scarab God has an instant speed activated ability, so you've got something to use your mana on no matter what. Yep. And Scarab God is an upkeep trigger. Yep. So, like, you never feel bad with nope. that card. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. And, yep. and like, if if you run cards like search a target opponent's library for a card and remove every card with the same name, if you run one of those cards in your commander deck, which, by the way, I don't know why you do, but... <laughs> Some people do because they love getting, like, they love hitting key pieces from mm. someone's library before they even get a chance. I actually used to run a couple of them specifically rest in my Arami deck. Yeah, yeah, for rest in peace. Oh, God. When someone casts a rest in peace and you're playing graveyard, graveyard deck, you're just like, I can't do anything. <laughs> but if you run one of those, if you're playing against me, Sphinx the Second Sun's the one to hit. Yeah. But at the time, it. it wasn't that expensive. I actually haven't looked at the price now, but I imagine it's no, gone it's up. up. Yeah, it's got to be around the $20 mark, I Surely. It's, it's so good. It's just one of those cards. There's definitely a thing with cards that have a lot of text on them. They just do a lot. They do a lot. They do and heaps. I, but I know, but I think, like, people sleep on them because they kind of don't. You've got to, like, really contextualize this information uh, in your yeah, head you've sometimes. you've got to put it in like, the right deck, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you kind of got to, like, with any card, I think it's good to imagine, like, what's the absolute ceiling here and what's the floor, yeah. right? Because the floor is going to tell you, is this card worth running in my deck at all? And the ceiling, if the floor's not too low and the ceiling is, like, way up there, like we were yeah. talking about for this card, way up there, then, yeah, we're talking about budget. This might be the card that's worth spending the money yeah, on. Yeah, and if this is, again, and this is the thing, if you're building that engine yeah. and you're getting the part, I could go into, like, engine builds, but I don't know how many people in our audience <laughs> I won't follow, parts. so okay. I'm, I'm going to veto that right away. <laughs> sure, if you're getting the vroom vroom part, the bit that makes the car go really fast... <laughs> You really have to think, are you going to cheap out on this part? Or is this the section of your deck that you're going to chuck the money into? Mm. And again, this is the bit where budget is... Budget doesn't mean... And I think we probably should have said this at the start of the episode, but I'm glad we're saying it at the end. Budget doesn't mean play cheap cards. No. It means budget your money to put the money where it's best used. Yeah. I mean, the the command was use your finances to to your your advantage, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not saying don't spend extensive cards. It's not saying, like, build on a budget exclusively, really. Like, it's a good idea to Mm. do it. But yeah, you're exactly right. It's saying when you spend your money, know what you're spending your money for. Decide what you're spending your money for. Um, yeah, look, one thing I will say, if, if we are deciding to spend this money, is uh, there is a bit of a trick that I've learned here. Mm. I actually haven't done this, so I'm just going to shout out the guy who I heard this from, which is our good friend Jordan. Yeah, for proxying? Yes. Oh, Jordan, yeah. when he like when he has his heart set on a card and he doesn't own it yet, he just proxies it. And look, like 98% of pods do not care about proxying. So just do it. Mention at the start of the game that you've got yeah. some so people will know about it. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. If you I've, I've never had a problem with us it. Too, it. It's fine. Yeah, absolutely yeah. fine. Um, but yeah, what it lets you do is you have that card there. You get to see it. You get to play it. You get to see how it interacts with the rest of your deck. And yeah, like if you play that Swings of the Second Card in your Scarab God deck and you're like, wow, this card is nuts in yeah. every circumstance. You know, then you can spend the money and you know you're going to get that amazing experience because yeah. you've seen it already. The other thing that I will do, uh, that I'll say here that's really good about doing these proxy things is because you will immediately find the people that have it for trade. 
If it's you true. Play, if you play, if I played a, t- a, a proxy for Sphinx of the Second Son at a pod, and someone's like, "I've got a copy of that," yeah, and I'll then, trade you for it. And then at the end of the game, you win because you had Sphinx of the Second Son. You're like, "Sure, I'll I'll take yes. that card off. Put that aside for yeah, me right now." You. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I will say, if you're going to be playtesting, I like to do at least three to five times of the commander deck because it's singleton. Like you're not going to see yeah. every game. So it's, if it's a one card, you got your heart set on. You know, play it at least three yeah. times. I reckon because you'll see. You know, I reckon three times you'll see the really amazing times. Mm. You'll also see it on a board where it's not so good. And there will be cards that you thought were going to be amazing all the and time. And are dead in your hand. Yeah. And there is another trick that, again, credit to Jordan where credit is due here. Because there's another trick you can do which gets around people that don't like playing against proxies. Uh, and it's is, this, we've actually mentioned this technique before. I think before, we did I on think. this podcast. Yeah. I think it was really early on in the podcast. I think we did. But the trick is you write... So you have you, you complete a deck with all your real cards, and then if you want to proxy something, you put a slip of paper, not a full proxy of the card, just a slip of paper with the name of the card in where that card so is. So this isn't a proxy, to clarify. Yeah. Like, the card is just the card, yeah. but the thing that we're doing here is you're seeing what the other card that could be in this slot yeah. in the deck could be like So when play. you draw it, what are you going to prefer? Are you going to yeah. prefer the murder or the tragic slip? Yes, exactly. Which it's going to let you see, yeah, like what it actually is like yeah. to draw the card. And then when you play it, you can just take the little slip of paper out and be like, oh, sorry, this is just me yeah. trying to brainstorm. Or but- if you say, hey, does anyone mind if I play this as Tragic Slip? Yeah. Like you can say like before uh, the game, not during the game, before the before game. Before the game. Before yeah, the game, sure. say, hey, yeah, I've yeah. got Tragic Slip written on a murder here. Can I play it as Tragic Slip? Because I want to see how it works. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Yeah. You can kill Emrakul now. <laughs> <laughs> it does just kill everything. Ah, oh, that feels so good. I started playing that deck specifically because there were a lot of Eldrazi being played at the pods that we yes. were playing at. And I was just like, yeah, cool. For one black, I'd love to kill. Oh my God, and I want to kill Ulamog so bad. Done. Because the... Yeah. Anyway, it, slight slight tangent and very much away from budget. Sure. Have you seen the spoiler for the full art Ulamog Infinite Gaia? The Double Masters. Yeah. I think I've seen it. I can't recall it I have to well. show you it afterwards. It is gorgeous. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, that, that's it is it. phenomenal. I think here's, here's my inner budget boy coming out. Yeah. The thing I'm most excited for from the Double Masters set is the new versions, like the, the extended frames of the Bounce Lands. They look so cool. They look amazing. I was the I, I there was on MTG Goldfish's Instagram. They yeah. did um like, they're like the spoiler place. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's I love going on their Instagram when a new set's coming out. Yeah, but like if it was basically every slide was one of them, and you swiped yeah. through them all and saw a different bird. The last one had all of them laid out, and it just looks like I would hang that shit on my wall. It yeah. looks so they're pretty, really gorgeous. And like the thing is, this is what happens with sets. I mean, this is like next level big brain stuff, right? Yeah, okay. Um, the thing that happens with sets with like really high demand cards especially in the rare and mythic rare Mm. slots is if they print something in a lower slot like an uncommon slot especially Mm -hmm. a common slot the even cards that are amazing if you buy them around the time the set comes out will be dirt cheap so i was looking up cards the other day i went through the full spoiler list of double masters because i had a bunch of time i was sick from work amazing what a good use of time (laughs) i was just like i want to see these cards i want to see what they've done and um I, what I would do is I would I, I opened a new tab with each card looked interesting, and then I opened a, uh, again, a card ordering website that will remain nameless. Hashtag anti-ad. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> and I would I would look at the price, and I'd be like, ah, do I actually want it that badly? Nah. And most of the time, yeah. it was a no. And then I saw the bounce lands, and I was like, oh, man, I really love these frames. Oh, you should but buy, I was like, you should buy the Azorius ones for your pauper flicker deck. Is that what you're planning on doing? Well, the thing is, right? I looked them up, <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, these are so beautiful, but everyone loves bounce lands. They're going to be so expensive. And then I was like, hold on. 
They're printed at Uncommon, oh. and this is double masters. This is a set people are going to open like crazy. Oh, it's insane. The Azorius one, which is, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful ones, is like a dollar. Really? For this, like, ex- it's an extended it's art. Borderless. It's, it's borderless. borderless. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Yeah. It was like a dollar fifty or something on this website. And I'm Dude. like, I'm just going to replace every copy I own <laughs> with one of these. Because why Azorius, I? have got a lot of Azorius. Yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> got at least two it's one of the i think it's the only it's one of two commander color combinations that i have no three i have three color combinations where i own more than one commander i'm gonna go through that i reckon you've got selesnia yes uh azorius yes i thought this one would stump you golgari no no it's madu Oh, so Red, true. black, white. Yeah, because yeah. I have my Seguin deck and, and it, I mean, they're so different, but I just I just built this Aristocrats yeah, deck. I totally forgot the Queen Marchesa deck. That's true. Yeah. I weirdly wanted to say is it, but I the uh, only you one wish. you've got is the Wizards one. <laughs> it is. I just, I just really play it all the time. I just dream of it's Walt true. on my side. It's true. Anyway, should we move on to this last page? I think we James, should. Let's, let's throw it. Throw it. Oh, oh my God. Whoa. Testament to the length of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's, uh, already two of those. But look. I just want to wrap it up and say, um, look, most people who play this game are going to own expensive cards. So that's what they're going to recommend. When you say, hey, yeah. I'm looking for cards that I want, they're going to say to you, hey, I reckon you should try this. And so you're going to have to think outside the box yep. when you build on a budget, but it's a lot of fun. And I hope we've emphasized more than anything else that building on a budget and finding those niche cards is like extremely it's a, fun. It's right? actually a game in of it itself. It's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Like I really c- cannot attest enough to how much fun it is to find yeah. those those cards and right? winning with them as well you yeah. feel like a bowler like, you do and yeah. you know i talked about that sort of hipster effect yeah. of when you play that card that nobody's heard of and yeah. it, it feels really cool to have d- done that this you know? is like the equivalent i'm gonna like okay imagine fast and furious scene right okay yep painted cars gorgeous they're like you know they've got the hydraulics and they've got the music playing and all that kinds of flames coming out the side and stuff you rock up with like just a black car and it's just it's it's <laughs> yeah. kind of shitty it's like the paint job's not good the bumper's falling off but you have a v12 supercharged engine in that bad boy and <laughs> no, you've no, no. tuned it james james come on it's fast and the furious i have 10 tanks of nitrous yeah, in the boot of the car <laughs> <laughs> but that thing is tuned yeah. now when like i really love this expression of the car because when you tune an engine it's making the engine as powerful as it can be in certain situations. So, for example, right. when I raced motocross, I would set my engine to be very powerful at the bottom end of revs and the top end. So that way it comes out of corners really, really fast. And when it's on a big straight, it can hold power and keep going. That's what tuning an engine does. Right. Think about it like that. You are tuning your deck. You're making that engine as efficient and effective as possible. Yeah, 100%. And, um, yeah, look, when you... Only play the best cards. It's something we didn't really talk about, but like you shrink the card pool a lot. When when you look at CDH, oh, the no. number of cards that are played, let's say it's a thousand cards that are in mm. like commonly appear in CDH. Think about how many cards appear in all of Commander and oh. like in casual Commander, and then think about budget. If you it only used cards yeah. under three dollars, let's say, how huge is your pool of cards that you're choosing from mm. and how much fun is it going to be to look at that pool of cards and say i can play Massive. anything here yeah right. and and also like and this is the thing 
you add diversity and fun for the table when you build budget as well. Mm. Like, I, again, Twiddle, go look it up. That whole interaction with when you played that card, everyone was hooting and hollering and having a fun time because no one had heard of it before. Yeah. And the fact that no one heard of it before made the game fun and interesting because mm. everyone expects you to pay Smothering Tithe. Everyone knows that you'll play Aristic Study. Everyone knows that the counter spell is probably a force of will. Yeah. Like, find something better. Do mm. something fun. Do something different. Do something different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had to ruin that beautiful wrap-up, James, with the McDonald's theme. If there's one other message you can take from this... Stop it, James. Stop, stop it. Stop bringing a corporate shill. Uh, question for the listeners. Tell James to stop. Um, no. uh, for the listeners, what is your budget? You know, we'd ask you to think about it at the start of the episode. What's budget to you? And um, do you have any examples of, like, really good cheap cards? Or, I'm interested to hear this as well because we've okay. talked about it, bad expensive cards. Oh, I love bad expensive cards. Right. Because I love people that get tricked of playing them and then they're just not good (laughs) and like i can't there's a vampire that's like super expensive it's like six mana or something like that and it looks like it should be really good but it's like a one three i can't remember what card it is it dies super easily and every vampire player gets really sad when you remove it (laughs) it's like from personal experience james yep i can talk from personal experience Well, James, it is tradition at the end of the episode for you to provide us with the play of the week. Okay, I am actually having going to get this card up because... Oh, that's I, right, we talked about it before. Yes, yeah, I was yeah. mentioning this before. Um, I'm, I've got the card in front of me now, so I can actually remember exactly what it does. So let me set the scene for you. Okay. The, the pod is myself, Stella, Theo, and Nick. Okay. I can't... Oh, I don't remember what deck I was playing. I was playing Brutaclad. Oh, great. Remember. Brutaclad is your casa, I think. It's 100%. Is it, Dex? Look, man, they pop up. There you go. Um, You're taking over this podcast. And look, they're interesting, is it, Dex? You know, like, eventually I'll I'll say hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Is It Player podcast. (laughs) Um, Okay, so this is the situation. Theo's playing a really cool uh, blood token deck that drops... It's the Stefan deck. Where when it attacks, you sacrifice two blood and you can put a vampire from your hand onto the battlefield and oh, taps yeah. and attacking. But it also makes blood in the end step or yeah, something. It's yeah. also, they enter tapped and indestructible as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that card's so nuts. So good, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, on turn three or four, Theo drops this card called Crimson Honor Guard. Right. So it's three red and a red for a creature vampire knight. It's a four or five with trample, firstly. It's a pretty okay. good body. Great rate. Great five, rate. Five mana, four five trample. Not, Solid. not bad at all. Yeah. But this is the bit that, like, really made the game interesting. Okay. At the beginning of each player's end step, Crimson Honor Guard deals four damage to that player unless they control a commander. What? Yeah. This card... Each player's end step? Oh, so unless... And it checks to see if they control to that player. Right, so, like, at the end of my turn... Yeah, if you don't control a commander... If I don't have Kaza... <laughs> if you don't have Kaza... I'm taking punch, four. four to the face. Every turn? Yeah, every turn. So That's if wild. it's insane, it is really good card, but that wasn't the play that was the play of the week. Okay. The next turn, Nick's playing his, oh, is it Adrix and Nev or is it the Asics? The one that every time, so it's a, it's a green blue commander. Every time you would make one or more tokens on Adrix and Nev. Adrix and Nev. Yeah. I think it's those two. It's I think it's actually the alternate commander in that precon. It's the one where whenever you make one or more tokens, you can have them enter as a creature 
on the battlefield. Oh, it is Essex. No, I'm thinking Essex, of Edrix, yes. Yeah, I'm thinking of Edrix and Nev, which, yeah. is, which is just like... Um, Edrix and Nev is a perception yeah. on a... Yeah, yeah. Because he swapped the commanders for this reason. He recently. did, yes. It used to be Edrix and Nev. Now it's and Essex. boy, oh boy, is he keeping it the same after I'm this sure. play. So, so, it's the, so it's the... Sorry, just to clarify, it's the Simic one. Whenever tokens enter the battlefield, they can enter as any other creature on the battlefield. Only once, and it has to be on your turn. Okay. So the idea is you try and create a ton of tokens in one splash on your turn. Scoot Swarm. And have them... Scoot Swarm's a goodie, um, but that's separate triggers. It's oh, a really weird, weird one. Okay. So you want to do things like Saprolink Sprawling. Where you create four 1-1 one, one saplings, but that spell now reads, create four copies of any creature on the battlefield. Oh, okay. You know it's another really good one, Avenger of Zendikar. Oh, because that, that's the easiest one. You just, you, all the plans enter as Avengers of Zendikar, right? Surely. Ah, that, yes, that would have been the play I would have done. Oh no, Crimson Honor Guard! Yeah, so oh. Nick drops, <laughs> Nick drops this... Of, um, Avenger of Zendikar, Zendikar makes a plan for every land you control. Which, by the way, seven. Yeah. Seven seven plants coming in. Sure. Trigger on the stack. Uh, Essex is like, yo, plants are about to enter. They don't have to be plants. What creature would you like to copy? He just points at Crimson Honor Guard on Theo's board. All of our faces drop. And we're like, this is so bad. But thankfully, everyone had their commander in play. So everyone was like, okay, we're safe, but this is a problem. I get to my turn <laughs> and Brutal Cloud triggers. I'm about to go insane, go to combat, all that kind of stuff. I can't remember what happened, but I couldn't go to combat. But believe it or not, Nick's play is not play of the week. No? It's Stella's play. What did Stella do? Generous gift. She removed my commander on end step. At the beginning of each player's end step, Crimson Honor Guard deals four oh! damage unless they control their commander. Did you just die? I straight up died. Oh my god, because it's like eight times four. Yeah. Seven times four, 21? I was on 18 life. 28? Oh yeah. my lord, that's insane. I got domed by a generous <laughs> gift. <laughs> It was how generous. It was I. I honestly, it was one of those games where I was str- I was like crawling uphill the entire game, <laughs> and I was really struggling to get the wheels turning. Right. And at the like, I was like, "All right, I'm gonna move to end step." And yeah. so I was like, "Before you move to end step," and I was like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" And she just kind of points the generous gift at Brutalard. I'm like, and I move it to command zone, and Theo's like, "Why is that so bad? I don't get." And then Nick just pointed to. Their crimson honor guard. And the was like, seven. Oh. Well, no, pointed to Theo's one, and, he, oh. and Theo's like, "Oh, he'll take four down." And then he just went like, th- like gestured like a chef presenting a dish at a restaurant, <laughs> um, just kind of gestured to the seven token copies. And Theo was like, "Oh, he's dying." I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so my player of the week goes to Stella for crimson honor guard doming me. Without Not even, even having controlled it. the creature or done the play that made a bunch of them just being like, hey, this is my chance. If I kill James. Yeah. <laughs> and realistically, I then thought about it. She could have killed Nick on Nick's turn. Right. She could have held it to kill Theo on Theo's turn. Yeah. No. No. She was just like, I'm just going to take this opportunity and kill James. I mean, we talked earlier about expensive cards and how they draw removal. Do you think me and you, when we play at our game store, draw removal? Because I reckon we might. I, yeah. I had a new player who must have just identified that I was just a guy who built weird, janky decks. Mm. Just, like, on his turn, he used, like, three different removal spells all on my board. Ouch. That feels targeted. And I was just kind of like, 
I'm doing stuff, but not that much stuff. <laughs> and then I was just kind of like, maybe it's, I don't, what is it? Like, what, I can't just because we have podcast. a podcast doesn't mean we're really good. Yeah, maybe you heard me say I had a podcast and he's like, oh my God, he's a pro. <laughs> I'm going to kill this pro. You are a spike, let's be fair. I'm a spike. I am not a pro. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're terrified right now. Right, right, should we get rid of the last one? the last one. Yay! Yay! Oh, it collided in the air. Oh, that was majestic. Very nice. Thanks for listening, everybody. Catch Thank you next time. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye.